Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. All right, we're at the turn on the Burns and Gambo show. We're halfway home on this Friday afternoon, so this is where we get you caught up on everything that's been going on in the world of sports, one-stop shopping, the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo show. We start with the Arizona Cardinals who are getting ready to take on the Vikings on Sunday and their injury report, which was released today. Their final one, James Conner, Rodney Hudson, Dennis Gardeck, Max Garcia, and Christian Matthew have all been listed as out for this week. Obviously, the three we focus on are Connor, Hudson, and Gardeck. So, obviously, Billy Price now takes over at center. You know, Benjamin you know, takes Benjamin, over at running good. back. Uh, you know, looking forward to seeing, you know, more of Eno. I Like, we, we talked last week, if Connor's healthy, he's your guy. And even Cliff said that, you know, he's the guy. But without Connor, you've got a real capable guy in Eno Benjamin who had a nice breakout game last week. DJ Humphreys, questionable. Byron Murphy, questionable. And Darrell Williams and Matt Prater all listed as questionable wow. for this week. Yeah, but there's the, the, the possibility, too, right, that Prater kicks the field goals and Rodrigo Blankenship kicks the uh, does the kickoff duty. That has been mentioned as a possibility. Now, you look on the other side of the aisle, and the Vikings apparently don't have anybody hurt, and Cliff Kingsbury was actually asked about that today. Just kind of luck of the draw on that stuff. Um, it can be a battle of attrition in this league at the, the midway point, and we'd like to get some guys healthy and um, see what we can be, but you know, that's just how it goes some years. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no question that a lot of it's luck, but I think it's more than just luck. I mean, I, they must have a really good program out there that allows them to keep these guys healthy with, you know, the food, the nutrition, the stretching, the exercise, what they did in the preseason. That's all a factor. Yep. We had uh, Steve Keim on earlier, as we do every Friday, the general manager of the Cardinals. Then a trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday, and we asked him not to name names with players, but to talk about positions, if there's a specific position that he would like to address the most. I honestly think, um, you know, a number of places uh, defensively, edge wrestler, uh, corner depth, uh, interior defensive linemen. Um, and then, you know, you look at the offensive line as, as banged up as we are, if there were opportunities to get to improve. But uh, the thing that I'll say is, is, is a lot of those guys have really picked up their game. Um, as I mentioned, Billy Price and, and uh, Will Hernandez. And then defensively, you know, two of those young kids, Cam Thomas and MyJ Sanders, I think, are really coming on. And they're going to have way more opportunities moving forward. And I think that they've earned it. Cliff Kingsbury did say today on another potential trade on Tuesday, quote, it wouldn't surprise me, close quote. No, it's just a matter of, you know, how much money are you willing to spend? I mean, this, this, come down, this comes down to money. You know, you've got got to be able to spend, and and that's you know that's if they're willing to do it, there are guys that they can go get. Chubb, if like if you went and made a trade for Bradley Chubb, you could give up the, the draft capital to get him. But then again, you have to pay him thirty million dollars a year. I'm not so sure the Cardinals would do that. Yeah, that is one of the names certainly to keep an eye on. Okay, around the NFL, and we mentioned a lot of this in the last segment, but we'll again we'll remind you: 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel has been ruled out this week. Big loss for the Niners as they take on the Rams on Sunday. Thursday night football. Last night, we saw the Bucks lose to the Ravens. Big second half for Lamar Jackson. We didn't mention that. He ran all over Tampa Bay in that second half.
half and threw the ball very well in the second he half He had as well. a great second half. I mean, he was did not play well in the first half, very dynamic dynamic in the second half, and Tampa Bay struggles in the red zones continued three times. They got you know deep inside of Baltimore territory and had to settle for field goals. They suffered a tough injury last night, too, talking about the box linebacker Shaquille Barrett tore his ACL last night against the Ravens, so he is out for the season. Yeah, again, you know, when you start to think about their ability to come back and win that division, Shaq Barrett, that's a big loss for them. They're struggling already with injuries and guys not playing well and playing a lot of younger guys, especially on an offensive line. You know, to Tom Brady or not, I mean, they just might, they may not be good enough to win that division. Achilles, not ACL. I want to make sure I correct myself on that one. It's an Achilles injury for for him. Uh, and then, of course, around the NFL games that we previewed in the last segment, but I'll mention Seahawks taking on the Giants. The Patriots against the Jets, that's an interesting yeah, game. Yeah, Belichick's in always AFC owned East. them. Belichick has always owned them, but the Jets are playing great football right now. Uh, they made the trade for the running back, so we'll see how that factors in, but Bill's had their number over the years. Suns facing the Pelicans tonight, 7 o'clock. You'll hear it here on 98.7 and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, Zion Williamson, Adrian Wojnarowski spoke earlier, said doesn't look like Zion's going to be available to play tonight. Zion Williamson went through the Pelicans shoot-around this morning, and while he's still a game-time decision against Phoenix tonight, uh, there's there's a real likelihood that his return uh, may wait until Sunday when New Orleans heads out on the road. They start with the Clippers. So Zion Williamson, I think, will get back out there pregame tonight, but a real possibility you know, he may sit out one more game here. But he's not the only one either. Jose Alvarado, questionable. Dyson Daniels, questionable. Brandon Ingram's already out. Herb Jones, questionable. C.J. McCollum, questionable. A lot of banged-up wow. guys for the Pelicans yeah. tonight. Yeah, and they're, listen, it's a good basketball team. They're off to a really good start. They've only got the one loss, I believe, to Utah, and that was it. Other than that, they're taking care of business. Nice win over Dallas. But if they're not at full strength, it takes a lot of the luster off of this matchup. Speaking of, of Dallas, Luka last night, 41-11 wow. and 14 a as the Mavs handed another loss to the Brooklyn Nets to start the season. Yeah, keep your eye on that net situation, whether that's going to implode or not. But that is, listen, that is Luka at his best. That triple-double right there with the points, the rebounds, the assists, leading that team to a victory. The Nets had just lost to the to the Bucks the night before, and then they played Dallas and they lose to them. They're off to a really, really rough start. So again, we'll, I'm sure at some point the Kevin Durant trade talk will, will, will continue to rise. And Clay Thompson, after Golden State's win against Miami. Credited Devin Booker. Mentioned how much respect he has for him. Said the two were just talking trash. He actually said Devin Booker was one of the first players to text him after one of his injuries, wishing him well. So, yeah, heat of the moment. He lost his head, you know. You, you, you do that all the time. I'm sure he regretted it afterwards, but you know, now he's had to do cooler heads prevail after you've had some time to let it sink in. World Series game Here we go. one Here tonight. We go. The Phillies go. versus the Astros. Justin Verlander versus Aaron Nola, the matchup tonight. Yeah. Verlander's last regular season start did come against the Phillies, and uh, he didn't allow a hit in five innings. Now, he had a really bad start to open the playoffs against the Mariners. He got hit pretty good. Nola's been fantastic. He's 2-1 and one with a 3.12 ERA. The Astros, in the regular season, much better team. They had 19 more wins than the Phillies did, but the Phillies, right now, Harper's hot, and Schwarber's hot, and Hoskins is hot. This should be hot. This should be a great matchup. Should be a great matchup. I sense the Astros are going to win. I want the Phillies to win, but I think the Astros, particularly with their bullpen and how well they're pitching, how well the Astros are pitching overall in general, it's 
easy to pick the team that hasn't lost the game yet in the postseason as the Astros have, but I tend to think the Astros are probably going to win this one, and that is not what I'm rooting for, and yeah. I know that's not what you're rooting for no. either. They had the best bullpen ERA in the regular season in the, in the major leagues, the Astros, so they have a great bullpen. Coyotes, home opener tonight here at Mullet Arena. That's where we're doing the show from today. They're taking on the Winnipeg Jets. 7.30 face-off here in their new temporary home for at least the next three years, maybe longer, until they get their permanent arena situation settled. Yeah, they're renting, not buying, but what a beautiful arena. I mean, we're sitting out here right now, and I'm telling you, it is a gorgeous arena. For anybody coming to the game, it is a, it's a fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Now, the ice looks great. Apparently, from what I've heard, the ice is really good ice, but I'm looking forward to seeing what all the players say about it afterwards, and I'm really looking forward to just the atmosphere, what it's like in this building. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, actually. Uh, and then ASU taking on Colorado over the weekend. Uh, it won't be until later today that ASU will name either Emory Jones or Trenton Bourget their starting quarterback. Yes. Uh, the uh, Sean Aguano went on the morning show today with Bickley and Murata. Says it's been a pretty even competition, and he didn't want to say who his starter yeah, would be I'm just expe- yet. I'm expecting that it's going to be Emory, but that both guys will play. So I'm expecting that it will be Emory, but both guys will play. That's uh, that's some of the things that were being talked about. No final decision yet, so I'm not sure. But he's not expected. Iguana was not expected to announce the starter until the team meeting tonight at the at the hotel tonight. Yeah, and so and and obviously that hasn't happened yet. And then and of course that game is coming up tomorrow up there in Colorado. U of A is taking on USC this weekend in college football. Yeah, I mean U of A. Is- had uh, you know a little bit of success early this season. USC has been a good team. Uh, Utah won last night, right? They were able to come yes, back and win did. that game. They won that game. Yeah, I was watching. I was keeping my eye on that. So Utah got that win. The Pac-12, believe it or not, I mean the Pac-12 without the undefeated team. The Pac-12 has had some good teams this year. They have. They have. Pleasant and, surprise. And they still have. You know, yeah, a yeah, team they still have a shot. That they still have a shot. Yep. To get in the college football playoffs. Probably USC is probably the best shot they've got. All things being equal, uh, but they certainly do still have a shot. And that is our 4 o'clock reset. You're all caught up on everything that's going on in sports. When we come back, we turn our attention back to the Cardinals and the Vikings. And what we think is the weak point of a Cardinals defense has been pretty good all year. We'll talk about that next here on Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. This one's debatable. I never thought of Guns N' Roses as a hairband. I always thought of Guns N' Roses as a heavy metal rock band. I'd agree with that's you. Just, that's just me. I, I, and I don't, I I don't agree with you. fault Mitch for playing it because it's it's certainly they, they came during the era of hairbands. But I, I always thought of Guns N' Roses as just a little... Like, most hair bands are pretty soft, really. When you think about it, their music's kind of soft. I never really thought that about Guns N' Roses and Appetite for Destruction. Um, that's just me. But, they, like I say, they, they got big during the era of hair bands. So, you want to count them, great. Maybe that's a hot take. Maybe it's not. But, uh, Hair Band Friday here on this Football Friday. As we're live they from... They sing that Civil War song, right? Yes. I, I really like yes. that song. Off of the, uh, the... Civil War. Appetite for Destruction album back yeah. in the early 90s. Yeah, I, I like that album, too. Uh, Hairband, just hairband music is rejoins. And no, by the way, Mitch, you have yet to play my favorite hairband from the 80s. I have yet to hear a song from fill in the blank. 
I'm waiting. I'm sweating back here. <laughs> Probably. No, you're not, because we're not Actually, there. Actually, you're right. I turned the AC yeah. down. So. We're not there, which allows you to crank the AC to 65 degrees. Okay. Well, that's what they do when we're gone. Swimming. When we're not there. What's the AC on right now? I can't see from here. I'm a little busy. Oh, I thought you might have changed it so you would have known. No, it's Eric probably, changed it for us. Probably like 67 or 68. Wow. They're like, they're like God. when we're gone, <laughs> just they turn right. down the air. <laughs> the electric bills through the roof. We sound like a couple of grumpy old men talking about them. Uh, the Cardinals, so that's why we're playing the hair bands, because we're at Mullet Arena tonight, where the Coyotes are opening their home season in their temporary new digs here. We're going to talk with Javier Gutierrez about the Coyotes coming up at 445. So we look forward to talking to him about this situation and what it all means. In the meantime, Cardinals and the Vikings on Sunday. And we've talked about this matchup all week long, and we've looked at it from the perspective of the Vikings doing the little things they do so well, the Cardinals' offense, whether they found their groove with the return of DeAndre Hopkins and now a full week of Robbie Anderson being kind of indoctrinated into the offense. The Cardinals' defense which has played at such a high level all season long. I mean, even last week when they got gashed yardage-wise and points-wise by the Saints, they still had two pick-sixes and three interceptions that basically swung the whole ballgame. Yeah. It's this defense, the style they play, and if it's a good matchup against Minnesota, because you could argue that it's not. You could argue that some of the things Minnesota does really, really well has the chance to kind of not confuse the Cardinals, but maybe throw them off a little bit. Well, the play action pass. You go back to the you know the Rams, O'Connell's former team, the Rams, when they they won that game against the Cardinals. Play action, nine out of ten, 157 yards. It was the backbone of their offense and what they did. Now in their three four defense, Avon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, you know these guys, you know they they've struggled with coverage and they've struggled with the play action pass. Those yards after the catch, you know if you're not covering well, a guy makes a catch on you, you may run for another. Five, seven, ten yards before somebody else takes them down. So, you know, that was that's an area of concern. If they're going to go play action pass a whole lot, that's where those two guys, Isaiah and Saban, probably had the most struggles so far this season. Yeah, and and, and granted, this, this is what I like about Zaven and Isaiah, is that with each week, they're, gar- they're getting a little bit better. They're improving. You can see the growth, right? And so, yeah, earlier in the season, that might have been a little struggle for them. Where are they now? You know, this is kind of a good litmus test to see where they are. I mean, obviously, you talk about Minnesota, and you talk about the Cardinals' defense. You talk about the Cardinals. They've been really, really good at shutting down the opposing great wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, all eyes are going to be on him. And not just him, of course. Adam Thielen, is a, the, the duo, is a tremendous target. I, I don't want to assume the Cardinals are going to shut him down because Jefferson Jefferson's a really good player, and Vance Joseph hasn't been happy with some of the chunk plays they've been given up. But I, I, I think it's fair to think that the Cardinals will at least limit that because they've been so good at it all year. It's kind of that underneath stuff, and the fact that they do mimic the Rams does have me a little nervous about this game. But I, I think Saban yeah. and Isaiah, man, they've gotten so much better each week that maybe they've evolved to the point where they can handle it. Oh, Cardinals have missed 62 tackles this year. That is the seventh most in the NFL. So that's something to keep your eye on too. You know the you know the Cardinals defense they they've allowed the most yards after the catch in the NFL, and part of that is because they've missed so many ta- you know so many tackles. So they've given up 1,100 yards after the catch. So that may play very well for Jefferson to have a big game because you know the Cardinals do miss tackles. 62 tackles missed on the season, seventh most in the NFL. And I'm bagging on a defense a little bit here because I think the defense has been very good, but. 
what they're, what they're very good at is not allowing you a lot of points. But a lot of the stuff that happens in between that, they do you know, miss tackles and give up yards and give up plays and stuff like that. But they're really great at holding teams, top receivers down. They're really great at holding you out of the end zone and giving their, their offense a chance to win the football game. But I think that this Vikings team, which relies very much on play-action passes, about 34% of Kirk Cousins' throws are play-action passes. That's fifth most in the NFL. That's where the Cardinals are going to have to really you know, focus on and make sure they don't get beat on those plays. I'll also be curious to see the Cardinals' pass rush because it certainly has gotten better what's the a, last few What's weeks. a pass rush? Well, <laughs> they, and they did have the one game. They, they, they had the they, one they game. Had the one game. And, and it's gotten better. I, I know with the trade deadline coming up, and, and we talked with Steve Keim about this earlier, um, certainly edge rush is a position that is often mentioned as one that the Cardinals need help, and we'll see if they do anything to address it, how far they go to address it. But this is, if I remember right, the Vikings offensively pretty good at not giving up a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. The sack rate is pretty good. And so given that the pass rush has gotten better for the Cardinals the last few weeks, that's also kind of the last game before the trade deadline. Do they... Do they have the kind of performance that makes Steve Kime go, okay, we're good, we don't need to add anybody? Or do they kind of have the performance where Steve Kime goes, you know what, we need to add somebody. We need another pass rusher. The, most of the season would suggest they need another guy. But if they have another game where they bring it, maybe Steve Kime feels like they don't need anybody else. I think they need to do it because Marcus Golden has been a disappointment. He got the contract. He got the contract. They gave him that extra money. And he, and he hasn't played well. Their leading sack guy is J.J. Watt with, what, two and a half sacks? I believe so, yeah. You know, they're not going to have a 10-sack guy on this team. I mean, they're not going to have – I mean, Allen's played well. I like Allen. He's played, he's played well. Marcus Golden's been a disappointment. It's been a disappointment. Victor DiMukeji, we liked him, you know, with what he did in the preseason. You know, he's not really getting to the quarterback. Made a couple plays here or there. But J.J. Watt, your leading sack guy at two and a half when you're, you know, six, seven games into the season. Like after this, you're halfway through. Like, uh, like I said, like they're not pacing towards anybody being close to ten sacks on this team. No, they're not. And you're right. It was JJ Watt who leads the way with two and a half. Uh, two and a half. Uh, Zayvon Collins, Zach Allen, both have two. You're already missing Dennis Gardeck this week. You're not going to have him. Uh, Marcus Golden has what? Marcus Golden has one sack on the season. Uh, he has. He's second on the team in quarterback hits, and. I don't have his pressure rate here in front of me, but I know he's second on the team in quarterback hits. He has been a disappointment. He's for all for all of the talk in the off season and in, during training camp about Marcus Golden getting a new contract extension, about Marcus Golden not being there for camp. He's been awfully quiet, awfully quiet. Which is why they probably you know, listen. They're going to need an edge rusher, whether it's this year in the draft or free agency. I mean, they're going to have to address that issue because you need to have that guy. It really helps if you can have well, that guy. They don't have him, and there's and there's two ways of doing it. And if they do do it, I, I don't know which way they're going to go. You could address it in the short term by finding trying to find like another Marcus Golden, like they did a couple of years ago. Uh, give up a low round draft pick for a guy, you know, come in just. To kind of give you a little boost for the rest of the season, or do you go big and address it with a Bradley Chubb type, where you're giving up, you know, multiple likely first round draft picks, and you're going to pay the guy a lot of money to stay here long term? Do you address it big time like that? I mean, there's really one of two ways the Cardinals could do it if they even choose to do it. Yeah, 
I mean, it's the, the cheaper way is to draft the guy and not be committed to that money because if you if you make the trade for Chubb, you're giving up the draft picks, and then you also got to pay him top dollar because you know you're not getting him on that. You know, you're not getting the benefit of like drafting him in the first round and having you know having four years to pay him at a minimal salary. You don't get that benefit. So if you traded for him, you know you're looking at a thirty million dollar commitment next year. You know, probably thirty twenty five to thirty million dollars per year for that guy yeah, next year. But as we've said so many times, you need him. You, not only do you need one, you need a young one. You need one that you can build around for years to come. Steve Kime is very, very good at trading the draft picks for established players. He's been very good at that. And would you be willing to, you know, look, <laughs> 49ers have, all, have basically already said, screw the draft picks, we don't care, we're trying to win now. Right. God knows the L.A. Rams have basically said, screw the draft picks, we're trying to win now. It's not like there's not precedent. You know, in the NFC West for a team to say, ah, to hell with it. We don't need our draft picks. Let's go get established players right now. Everybody else in the division is doing it. You've got a general manager who's been pretty – I'm not advocating it necessarily, but I'm kind of painting this picture of why maybe it could happen. The Cardinals have been very good at moves like that. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if Seattle does anything, knowing that they've got Denver's pick now. Right, knowing that you've got that in your back pocket, if do, do you? Now, I'm not saying you give up a first day, you know, a first round pick, but would they be like if they could go get a difference maker, knowing well, that they've got their pick and they've got that Denver pick? Would they be Would they give up a second, a third, a fourth round pick to go get somebody? Yeah. And given the season they're having, they might feel like they're in the mood to do something like that. When we come back here on this Football Friday, respect between Devin Booker and Clay Thompson is mutual. Between Clay Thompson and a former son, eh, not so much. That's next. Burns and Yambo. Quickly in Marana Mornings. What did we say about this? When DeAndre Hopkins is coming back in week seven. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Again, same thing as Guns N' Roses. Not a hairband. I love you, Mitch, but I, 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 I would not classify Van Halen as a hairband. I, I would never classify Van Halen as a hairband. To me, they're, they're just they're rock and roll slash yeah. heavy metal. I, I don't know if I, I would put them as a... Where did you get that, Mitch? I didn't, I guess. Who told you Matt Van Halen was a hairband? Nobody told me nothing. I was just trying to do You're some You're just work. guessing? No, no. It's, I mean, it's, it's, listen, all musicians in the 80s, that were they all had long hair. <laughs> Except one guy on Cheap Trick that used to jump around the stage on, like, you know, used to hop around the stage. Well, no, look at me stereotyping individuals, I guess. <laughs> no, but, like, if you go start, like, looking at bands, you're going to see a lot of guys, like, just because David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen well, had long hair, it doesn't mean they were hairbands. I'm not going to blame Mitch. I just, I, I, I'm stating a personal preference. I don't, I'm, like, That's I'm not, not a hairband. I'm not sitting here saying I think this is. There's higher hairbands than rock and roll bands. It's just, Van Halen's it's, not a rock it's kind of a, It's kind of a fine yeah. line between what is a hairband and what is just a rock band. I don't think there is a fine line. Uh, well, I think it's everybody's, it's, a, it's an opinion. No, there's a hairline. I don't know about a fine line. <laughs> yeah, the hair, like, you know, if you automatically look at everybody with the long hair and say, that's a hairband, that's, then you're going to put everybody in that category. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Uh, let's get an update on our Twitter poll question today. Let's send it back there to the Oxygen Community Studios, where Eric is standing by with our Twitter poll questions today. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what you got for us? Well, we might be debating what is a uh, hairband and what is not, but there's no debating. This is a Friday staple on the Burns and Gambo show. It's the Cardinals taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Who wins and by how much? Cardinals by a little or Cardinals by a lot? And Vikings by a little. Vikings by a lot. I went Vikings by a little. I got Cardinals by a little. 
Cardinals um, by. Sorry, go ahead. I just. I just say I might live to regret it, but Cardinals by a little. What do we got? A lot of people riding high after this mini buy after the Thursday night football win. Forty six point eight percent going Cardinals by a little. In second place, it's Vikings by a little. Twenty four point one percent. In third place, Vikings by a lot. This one's climbed a bit, hitting about twenty percent now. And in last place is Cardinals by a lot with ten percent. If it's Vikings by a lot, I might be nervous about the rest of the season if it's Vikings by a lot. No, then you look at that that stretch of four games and you're like, you gotta you gotta be you have to beat the Rams and the 49ers. Yeah, you'll have to be two of your you, next three opponents. Yeah, like that. yeah. You, you gotta hang you, you don't wanna fall you wanna hang around five hundred, a game above, a game below. The second you start slipping to two, three games below, you've lost all uh, all, all margin for error is gone. You don't have any margin for error anymore. All right, we've got another one. What you got for us? That's right. We're going over to the Suns now. They take on the Pelicans tonight. Of course, a lot of similarities between these two teams. They faced off last season. But let's not talk about tonight. Let's talk about the future. Which of these teams is more suited to compete for championships long term? Let's say next two to four years. Uh, this is a good question. I really like this one. I went Suns, but I, and I know I understand it's close. It should be close because New Orleans has all those draft picks. They've got all this this great, ta- but I, I I got you got Devin Booker here, and they don't, and they have a lot of great players, but they don't have Devin Booker. So I think you know, and I now I like the Suns supporting cast with Da and McHale and Cam as well, and the Suns have all their draft picks going forward that they could use for a trade. But because of Devin Booker, I'm going to go Suns. I'm going to go Suns too, but I, I think it's a sneaky. Good question when you really think about it. What's our. It was pretty heavy Suns earlier. Are we still riding that way? It's actually grown. It is now up to 70.2%. Yeah, but that's because we're in Phoenix. Like, if you ask that question in another market that's not Felix, Phoenix, or New Orleans, you'd have a much closer. Run at it, I think. It'd we be need a that Mavs guy like to retweet 50. again. Yeah, we, we do. We need somebody from another market to retweet us when it comes to that. Uh, all right, those are our poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that. Again, we've got uh, Coyotes talk coming up in just a little bit with Javier Gutierrez. He'll join us here in a couple of moments on the Burns and Gambo show. In the meantime, Clay Thompson. We finally got to hear from him after his ejection from the Suns game the other day. And and uh, as far as any beef he might have with Devin Booker, uh, he has no beef with Devin Booker at all. In fact, he went out of his way to compliment him last night after the Heat game. He was actually one of the first people to text me when I tore my Achilles and said, the shooting guard battle won't be the same. So, I mean, I got a lot of respect for him. And when he did that, that, that meant a lot to me. And, I mean, stuff happens in this league. We leave it on the floor. I, I I think after the fact, right, you get a day, you sleep on it, and you realize, man, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been taunted him with the four fingers. But Clay was getting outplayed by Book. Book was having a great game. Clay, Clay couldn't stop him. Clay couldn't score because Book was doing a good job. The Warriors were down six. It was a frustrating game. Lots of technical fouls. Even before that, you had the Draymond foul and, and uh, the technical and the Steve Kerr technical. But I think after the fact it was over, I think he just lost his head. I think he just admitted it. He lost his head. 
Yeah, he did. Now, he also saved the stronger comments. I like this one, yeah. For Charles Barkley. Yeah. And if you recall, during the TNT broadcast, Charles Barkley had said after the game that, that he, the slide is coming, right, for Clay Thompson, for Draymond Green, that you can see the end of their careers. And, and it was pretty strong commentary. That he's just not the same player he was prior to the injuries. You could tell those words really bothered Clay Thompson. I'm going to play a couple bites for you, then we're going to respond. You know, it hurts when... Uh Someone like Charles Barkley with the platform he has says you're not the same player prior to the injuries you have. It's like, no duh, man. Consecutive years. I, I tore my ACL my Achilles in consecutive years and still help a team win a championship. I mean, they hurt hearing that because it's like, man, I put in so much freaking effort to get back to this point. Like, it's hard to even put into words what I had to do to be the player I am today. I got one more, and then I want to get your response to this. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, said it hurt his heart to hear Charles Barkley say that. And it's like, I played 55, 57 games in three years. Like, give me some freaking time to get that back and just hear someone say, oh, he's not the same prior to the, as he was prior to the injuries. Like, duh. Like, <laughs> Who goes through something like that and comes back? I, I don't know. It just hurt my heart hearing that. What'd you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I understand his. I understand his point. I understand his point. Me but too. he's also not twenty-four years old, twenty-five years old, twenty-seven years old. Coming back, he's coming back at thirty-two. Thirty-two in basketball starts to get old, right? 32 in basketball, you start to get old at 32. So now you're trying to come back where age is a factor, two injuries and everything. Look, I think you've got to give all the credit in the world for Clay for fighting back and getting back and helping him win a championship. But I don't think it's wrong to say that he's not the same player. He's not the same player he was. He slipped a little bit. I think it was obvious in that game. I mean, he wasn't hitting any shots. He couldn't stop Book. Book was stopping him. Doesn't mean that he's not good. And I think they were trying to say that. So I, I understand Clay's point of it, but then I also understand like Barkley's got a job to do. And if you think that the guy's slipping, say, look, I don't think they're the same. So I think still think they're good. I mean, I've got the comments from Barkley written down in my notes. I mean, I still think they're good, but they're, they're just they're not the same. Yeah, yeah. I I he didn't say they were trash or no, anything like that. I mean, he, he was Charles Barkley about it, but he wasn't like totally unfiltered. Charles Barkley about it. He just kind of said what was on his mind, which is what he does. And you're right. That's his job. I I just, I I, I guess Clay's slipping. It's not done. He's slowing down. That's what they said. Clay is slipping. It's fair. It's a fair. It's not like Clay Thompson's garbage. He can't guard anybody right now. He got. They didn't say that. They showed him respect. Clay is slipping. Said Draymond Green is not the same. Yeah, because they're not done. They're just slowing down. I thought it was really fair comment. It, it was fair. I, I, you know what? Okay, my my reaction to it honestly was yeah, it was fair commentary. It just was a reminder. Clay Thompson was a reminder of just how much that poor guy has gone through. I, I mean, I mean, you think about the worst kind of luck a guy could have. Yeah, back to, to tear back. your ACL. To tear your Achilles in back-to-back seasons, right? To have to miss, what was it, 500 and whatever days of basketball that he missed. That's tremendously awful, terrible luck. And it is just a reminder of how tough he had it there for a while. All right, when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, we are live from the Coyotes Temporary Arena. We'll get a status on the organization and an update on what's going on. President and CEO Javier Gutierrez joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Live here on the Burns and Gambo show from the Mullet Arena. Rocking the Mullet on this Friday night, the home opener. One of us is. Well, 
You only are because you're wearing the wig that they're giving away tonight on all the seats. You haven't had enough hair to rock a mullet since the 70s, Gambo. Let's call it like it is. Uh, that's probably uh, true. It's 100% true. We are live here for the Coyotes home opener here on the flagship home of the Arizona Coyotes. In this, their debut in their temporary home for the next few years. And joining us right now, the president and CEO of the Coyotes, Javier Gutierrez, joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Javier, good to see you face-to-face. Thanks for coming down and saying hi to us, and happy opening day to you. Burns, Gambo, great to see you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this memorable night. Wouldn't this miss is it. history right Wouldn't here. miss it. Wouldn't miss it. Can't wait to be here. Watch this game tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. Look, I'm, I'm, we understand there's going to be difficulties with this. It's a temporary arena. This is not your home. It's not where you want to be. But, man, I think you made the best of a bad situation. I mean, being honest, this place is beautiful. And I'm not saying this because of anything. It's because it, I understand it's going to be a hot mess at times, and you've got issues with the locker rooms right now until we get to December. But, man, the ice looks great. The arena looks great. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. No, I appreciate you saying that. Listen, at the end of the day, this is a brand-new arena. You can smell the, you can smell the plastic from yeah. the seats still. So <laughs> it has all the amenities that you would want. And you know what? Tipping my hat to Alex Morello, investing almost thirty million dollars into this to not only build the annex, which we can talk about, but to upgrade everything within the arena to NHL standards. And by the way, every player will tell you that's been the best ice that they've skated on since the beginning of the season, and the best ice in Arizona. And that was part of the investment. I was reading about this today or yesterday. The structure underneath the ice, right, to make sure it's up to NHL standards. That was part of the investment. The video board, it's got to be the right height off of the ice. That was also part. I mean, there's all of these things that go into what makes an NHL arena that you don't think about much, but I'm sure you guys rightfully so fixated on for the last several months to make sure this would be everything you needed it to be. Absolutely. You know, and we didn't do this by ourselves. You know, we had the NHL leagues, uh, hockey operations involved from day one. The great partners that we've had at Oakview group. Uh, Peter Luco has become a, a dear friend, and we wanted this to be at, not just at, but above NHL standards when it came to the technology, when it came to the electricity, when it came to the ice and the boards and everything in terms of player safety and in terms of the competitiveness. And so, you're right. You don't think about those things. We fixated on them. And again, Alex Morello put his money where his mouth is and said, this is the community I want to be a part of, and this is the option. I have so many questions I want to ask you in a short amount of time, but let's start with the Annex. Let's let's have you describe that and how that came about. Sure. Well, the Annex is uh, the locker room facility and the medical and, and all the offices that you need for NHL officials. It's right abutting Mullet Arena, and we're building it from scratch. You probably saw it on the way yes. in here. It's going to be the best top-of-the-line locker rooms that you will see in the NHL. And what happened was, because of NCAA compliance rules, we could not use the locker rooms for ASU, and so uh, we got, again, together with the NHL. We said, what do we need to do? And we'll pay for it. So you're in the visitor's locker room for ASU. You're in the visitor's college locker room. Mm -hmm. And the Jets are in a temporary thing on the other ice. Do you anticipate, and just being honest, do you anticipate any complaints with the four teams that are coming in here with with, with, uh, with their locker rooms? You know, the thing that we said from day one is we're going to be fully transparent. The four teams, I I spoke to their presidents, their GMs. The uh, PA has been fully involved. The NHL is fully involved. Nothing is a surprise and if you actually go in there listen it's temporary and we've said that because we wanted to have games here and not have the team start for eight weeks but it is absolutely up to 
NHL standards. And when you see the annex open up, it's going to be even bigger than that. So the, the four teams, they're cool with it. They understand what's going on. They're like, okay, we got it. We're, we're cool with it. As cool as they can be with it, I guess. Well, they've got no choice. Yeah, I mean, I think that the challenge is always going to be the challenge as to you're always going to hear uh, commentary. But the reality is they've been informed and they were told about it from day one. You go on a big, long road trip after this. And to Gambo's point about the, the annex, are you sure, as sure as you can be, that the annex is going to be done upon your arrival? I believe your next home game after these four is December 9th, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Friday, December 9th against the Boston Bruins. And according to the builder, Mortensen, the folks at Oakview Group and ASU, uh, it'll actually be open ahead of that time. So we feel quite confident that there will be no issues. I love that you guys are here because your base is here. It's not in Glendale. And and, and listen, nothing against that arena, but your your base is in the East Valley. So um, you've got 5,000 plus. We got stand. You got uh, standing room only seats. You've got t- uh, student section. You got these every so thirteen rows up the ice. I mean, every seat is a great seat in this building. But I'm going to ask you how, how do you how do you make money this year with the lack of revenue resources available to you? You can't sell a lot of the signage. You don't have naming rights. You you don't have a team shop down here, right? So you don't have a lot of the things that you previously had. How do you make revenue here? Uh, that would be a show in and of itself. But one thing for sure is that you have the best experience here. And so as a result, being in the right location, we're now at or above the NHL averages when it came to ticket pricing. We were well below. You were talking about tickets for 40 bucks as our average ticket price. We're now at or, or, or slightly above the NHL average. And remember, this is the lower half of the lower bowl. People do pay these prices for center ice, for rinkside, you know, and for glass seats. That's what we're playing yeah, but I, Normally, you want to go just gradually raise those prices on people over a you know this year we're going to go up this percent then next year a little bit more then and then eventually over five years you're there you guys boom right there right because you had to well brand new arena in the main and main of the valley and we knew that this is exactly where the corporate growth is where the population growth is and we knew with a majority of uh if you look at the t from north scottsdale all the way to gilbert chandler into central phoenix that was 85 to 90 percent of our ticket fan base are these four home games sold out they are you're gonna have full capacity here the whole for the four four home games right now yes so there are no tickets available no there are always tickets available because we wanted to make sure to expose this uh experience to students in particular to a lot of there aren't a lot of group areas. There are not a lot of premium areas. and so. But what you will see is full capacity, 5,000 people in here. Update us. Javier Gutierrez, president and CEO of the Coyotes, our guest here on the Burns and Gampo Show. Now, perfect world. You're here three years, and you move that way one mile for an arena You know that, that is being discussed and talked about right now. As much as you're allowed to tell us, what's the update with that? Where, where do we stand, and what is your hopeful timeline for approval on that? Well, there's actually a lot of public information out there. It's already been put out there by the city of Tempe. We have three public hearings upcoming. One is a, a, a basically a planning review session on Dece- um, November 15th, excuse me, uh, the first council meeting, November 22nd, and a vote on November 29th. So we feel quite le- you know, confident that, again, it's the right project, it's the right proposal, and we're the right ownership. And again, $2.1 billion privately financed, the first ever sports and entertainment district that's privately financed in the history of Arizona. The airport issue has been the issue, the, the the defining kind of like centerpiece of the conversation. Is that?
that a fight for you? Is that a fight for Tempe? Where you know who 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 runs that? Sure. Well, obviously, you saw the mayor of the city of Tempe push back quite strongly. I think the city uh, clearly is going to be engaged in this. This is a project that uh, will be there, and they want to be able to determine it for themselves. We said this all along. We've proposed a deal that uh, is well within all the FAA regulations when it comes to height, when it comes to noise, and the uses. This this misinformation that you cannot have housing in that noise contour is really undermined by the fact you already have 4,000 units along Tempe Town Lake in the same uh, noise contour. And the reality is this intergovernmental agreement between these two cities had always allowed these types of uses with mitigation. You know, you need to have noise mitigation as you do along Tempe Town Lake. So we've always felt very confident that the proposal that we've put forward would qualify not only under the FAA, which actually oversees safety and soundness of airports, but the intergovernmental agreement. Because ultimately, it, this is an FAA decision, right? This isn't – Sky Harbor can't tell you no. The FAA is the one who's going to say, yes, you can do this. No, you can't, right? They're the ones who ultimately are the arbiters of this? Well, yes, absolutely. They're in charge of the safety and soundness of the airports. And I would invite you to go to SoFi Stadium, which is less than a mile away from the second busiest airport in the country at LAX with 30,000 people in between of it. This happens all the time. You cities are allowed to build where they think they can build the FAA comes in and allows the, that, those uses to be to be there. Let's talk about the, the team. Uh, Dylan Gunther with his first goal the other night. That was great to see the rookie get his first one. You guys had a nice win over Toronto. You got a nice win over Columbus. How do you feel about the start of the season so far? We feel very good. I mean, what we said is we would judge this season by continued development of our young players, well, number one. Number two, this continuation of the culture of competitiveness that Bear and Bill Armstrong and the entire coaching staff and training staff are really instilling, and then obviously seeing some maturation with our young leaders, right? The Lawson Krauses, the, uh, Nick is obviously hurt right now, but Clayton Keller, yeah. you know, these folks, but the young players in particular, the Jack McBains, the Dylan Gunthers, the J.J. Mosers, you're seeing them, the Matthias Michelli, they're getting out there, and they're competing, and that's what we want to see. You know, when you first got to town, we, we met, me and you, we, we met real early. We got together, me, you, Rich, and Aaron, we had a nice little uh, you know, lunch or something, and I I was able to tell people right from the get-go, look, they're committed to being here. Like, I, I sat down with you, like, you know, and we talked about the commitment that you and Alice Merrill had to staying in Arizona, and where a lot of people doubted that, oh, they're going to leave, they're going to leave, they're going to go here, they're going to go there. $30 million invested here, a commitment to sign a, a gigantic lease that Gary Bettman would want you to sign if you get this new arena. You guys have had, I'm sure you've had plenty of opportunities to bolt Arizona, and you haven't. We made it very clear, and I think now people are listening to us, that this is the community we want to be in. This is the temporary location. Alex Morello has put his money where his mouth is, and we're trying to now put even greater investment into the city of Tennessee. But it would have been easy to leave, right? You had so many opportunities, but you you didn't. Well, listen, you know, Alex, to, to his credit, saw this market when he was purchasing the team and said, that's where I want to be. He, his three children, have all bought homes here. They're making this the community they want to be be a part of. And listen, at the end of the day, 
follow the money, right? A temporary look. I always say this. If you knew an owner that was going to spend $30 million on a temporary location just so that he can spend $2.1 billion on a permanent location, what would you think about his commitment to that community? What would you think about his ability to execute on that commitment? Yeah. Javier, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you for stopping by. You've been you got to keep this place. Uh, You're I, the king. I, I, they finally let I'm, me in. I'm going to yeah. be like Rocky. I'm going to tip you one day. I want to come in here and skate one night when nobody's around. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you this, though. Whoever's decision it was in the front office to bring back the Kachina Coyote jerseys permanently, thumbs up. Absolutely. Two thumbs up. Bravo. Javier, we appreciate it, as always. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you, guys. Always great to see you. Yep. And go Yotes. We look forward to talking to you in the future. Javier Gutierrez stopping by, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back here on Arizona Sports, this stretch of games for the Arizona Cardinals, how critical is it starting on Sunday? We'll talk about that next year on Arizona Sports.